Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. This is Todd Krieger, and today I want to talk to you with the title of my talk, How Do I Know When I Can Trust My Spouse After Infidelity? Many of you know that's what I spend a lot of my time doing is helping couples heal from infidelity. And of course, a betrayed person has gone through a tremendous pain. It's, it's just a, one of the most horrific pains there are to be betrayed by someone that you love, that you care about, that you thought was was there for you and then oftentimes there's a first or sometimes second or third shock of discovery so how do you know when you could trust your spouse after you've been cheated on very important question i'm going to uh bring up a word that i like or a little phrase i guess uh, called micro trust micro trust uh means um, in my eyes, it means the little things that people could do to begin trusting, right? Like there's the term microaggression, where they're subtle, but they're aggressive nonetheless. Well, microtrust is a much more positive word, uh, but and it really is about the little ways that people can build trust. And where is it more important than, you know, in a situation where a person is cheated on you? I mean, obviously that's a, a very crucial part time to to do everything a person can to evoke trust in the other person so how do you if you are the person watching this as a betrayed person know when you can trust your spouse after infidelity i have eight things that i want to share eight uh, ways you might know you know it's not just one of them's not sufficient it's probably most of them if not all of them might be necessary for you to really know you could trust your your partner after infidelity. Uh, I would say the first thing out of the eight is that the betrayer, I'm going to call this person the betrayer. Uh, I, I'm not trying to label someone, but it's just for language sake. The person who betrayed, I'll just say the betrayer, uh, lets you have your feelings and doesn't ask you to just get over it. This is very important. Why? Because in order for you to trust your partner, you're going to have to feel safe. Not just safe that this person is not going to cheat on you again, that's important too, of course, but you need to feel emotionally safe, that you're free to process what's going on with you, your deep pain, and you're, you're free to process your feelings. So when the betrayer lets you have your feelings and learns to listen, and there's work that the betrayer has to do, and I talk about that in other podcasts and other talks that I give and other videos, uh, then you have the you you can now talk and share and listen, and if your partner is understanding that you can't just get over it, even if it makes this betrayed person on the person who betrayed I should say uncomfortable, that person has to build, develop the emotional muscle to hang in there, and allow you to have your feelings. That's one aspect of trust. As a matter of fact, I have I can think of a few situations I'm working with with clients right now in my practice where 
there's no way that this person, this betrayed person is going to trust their partner because they can't even get to first base, first base being able to share their pain, share their feelings that right away the person who betrayed goes to, in this case, him and acts out and and makes life worse for her. So she's learning to just keep her mouth shut. That's never going to lead to trust. Number two, the betrayer is interested in his or her own deeper reasons of what was behind that behavior of secret, secretive behavior. That, that, but you, the person who's betrayed has to see it, kind of know that the person who betrayed you is not just trying to get over it, not saying, I'm going to be good this time, which maybe they've said before and once again did it again. It's that they're interested in the deeper reasons because only by tuning into the deeper reasons of why this person has acted so secretively and had an extramarital or ex a relationship outside of the committed relationship, only if they are interested in what's behind it. It could be one thing, it could be many things, or at least a number of things. Then the person is not a good good risk. A person who betrayed becomes a better risk when that person is digging, is looking at what's behind it. And I talk about some of those reasons in other talks, but what I'm saying for the purpose of this one is that you need to see that motivation, that consistency at being interested in what's behind that behavior of mine that made me do this. Number three, the betrayer starts to express negative feelings to the partner that he or she betrayed. Sounds kind of interesting. And why would I say that? Well, it's because we all have them. And that oftentimes a person is committing infidelity as a way to communicate some feelings. Oftentimes people that commit infidelity, um, that secret actually was far from the first secret. One of the first secrets might have been how that person feels maybe negatively towards their partner or maybe negatively about their life or maybe they have mixed feelings about being in a committed relationship. All these uh, experiences, negative or otherwise, unpleasant or otherwise, it, it needs to be shared. If you're a betrayed person and your partner is not really communicating with you anything that's of substance, uh, especially that might be difficult or troubling for that person, uh, I would be on on alert for that. I, I don't think that uh, most of the time if someone has betrayed you that they have no problems or no emotional issues. Uh, oftentimes people that cheat are those that are not really good at allowing their partner to be there for them. They may not be really good at that. Uh, they may, may not be really good at uh, taking some chances, especially communicatively. Uh, with their partner. So it is very important because open communication is absolutely the most important aspect of healing and, and infidelity. So, of course, that person I said in the first one needs to let you have your feelings, but that person who betrayed has to be able to share 
uh, his or her own negative feelings with you. Number four, the betrayer is interested in getting more mature, more considerate, and more interested in you as the betrayed person. What I mean by that is part of a measurement of maturity is a person's capacity to look beyond their own comfort, their own feelings, their own well-being, and be interested in you, uh, the other person. Now I'm saying you as if you are the betrayed person. You might be someone watching it that did the betrayal, or maybe you are neither, and you know someone, but you know, whatever I'm saying is that the person who's um, who's betrayed needs to see that the other person is more interested. Like they, they start to see a world beyond their own wants, feelings, and needs. Some people that cheat are very self-absorbed and, uh, and live their lives a little bit um, egocentrically. In other words, all about themselves. So you want, the, you want the person to show you, wow, I'm truly and genuinely interested in you. Like, how are you? What's going on with you? Uh, how do you feel? Of course, that goes hand in hand, even with the first thing I said, which is when a person... Well, it being uh, letting you have your feelings, because when the person is maturing, they're not insisting that you make my life comfortable all the time. They, it's not all about that person. It's about you and that person. It doesn't mean they forget about their own wants and needs, but that there's you, the betrayed person, uh, who has your own wants and needs, and um, needs to be more considerate in, in a variety of ways. Um, including sometimes being a good partner in some of the more the housekeeping or house managing aspects of life or something like that. It might, you might be looking for there. Yeah, that, that's another way to develop that, what I call it's another micro trust behavior, especially if your partner beforehand was kind of sitting in his or her comfort zone and you were doing so much more of the work that uh, if, if this person wants you to trust him or her again, uh, the person who betrayed might want to start with just being more cooperative, even on that level of cooperation and helping out, parenting, etc., etc., doing some of the tough work. Um, another way uh, to build this micro trust, number five, is that the betrayer shares if a former affair partner or someone that they've been with outside their relationship has tried to contact him or her. Um, obviously, if the person doesn't know that, if, if nobody's contacted that person, there's nothing to say. But it might be even in the interest of healing that the person who betrayed says, you know, I just want to let you know, nobody I've seen or the, a fair partner I've seen, not, nobody's contacted me, if that's the case. But if it is, share, don't hide that, because that's another slippery slope where, well, the person just texted me and I didn't respond. That's good you didn't respond if you didn't respond, but it's also important to share with your partner this person reached out. Why? Because we're trying to create a transparent, open relationship there. Number six, the betrayer is willing to get professional help to help process some of the blocks to honesty and fidelity. Am I saying they have to? No. I guess it's possible for a person who's betrayed to uncover some of the deeper reasons why 
to overcome their defense mechanisms, to learn new ways of regulating their emotions, to communicate more openly. But as you can see by the way I'm talking, it's not so easy. I think it's a much better chance of healing and could lead to the betrayed person maybe trusting more easily when the person who betrayed gets some professional help. And it could be in the form of the person getting individual therapy, or maybe the two of you go into couples therapy or both. Uh, but I, I definitely think to just go at it all alone after infidelity um, is not quite as good, doesn't make that person quite as good of a risk. So I think that adds to some trust. Number seven, uh, the betrayer allows you to have open access to all the vices. I think that's important. Doesn't mean that the betrayed person has to check all the devices, but can check all the devices. Um, I mean, depending on how the person cheated, but in most of the situations I see today, uh, social media or internet was somehow involved. So to have access to phone, to access computer, to know the password, I think is important. Again, it's a micro trust behavior. It builds these little trust. Some people might think it's a big trust thing. Actually, it might be, but they all add up all these all these little trust issues to create little trust um, uh, hurdles to increase overall the sense from the betrayed person that maybe you are trustworthy, even though you have betrayed me so deeply. So open access to all devices. And then the last one is that the betrayer keeps his or her word, even in the simplest things, even in the most mundane things. Again, a little related to what I said about um, being more considerate. If you say you're going to do something, do it, for example. Uh, but also keep your word of being honest. Don't. Uh, don't lie about even the silliest things. Sometimes people, I've seen this so many times, where they just, to avoid conflict, they, they, they won't say the whole truth. And then they get caught and it re-injures the betrayed, betrayed person. I can't think of any scenarios where it's not good to tell the truth about these kind of more, it's not about sexual infidelity, but even other things. So keep your word. If you're going to, um, do something. If you're going to, if you say, I'm going to make a date for us, make a date. Don't uh, let the time go by and the person goes, you didn't make a date. Keep your word. Keep your word in terms of those kinds of things, in terms of making a date. If you're going to uh, have to do something that's, uh, that's good parenting, do it. Just do it. All these things definitely help. So just to summarize, the portrayed person lets you have your feelings and doesn't ask you to just get over it. Number one. Number two, the betrayed person is interested in the deeper reasons of what was behind the behavior of cheating. Number three, the betrayer starts to express negative feelings to the partner that he or she betrayed as well. Number four, the betrayer is interested in getting more mature, more considerate and more interested in, uh, in the partner, the partner's feelings and wishes and needs. Um, the, number five, the betrayer shares uh, if a former affair partner or anybody, he's have any kind of extramarital contact, anything that there was some kind of secret involved, lets the uh, intimate partner, the betrayed partner know that if, if you've been contacted by that person. Number six, the betrayed person is willing 
to get professional help to help process some of the blocks, the honesty and fidelity. It's not easy uh, to do this on your own. I think that's a big boost to trust. Uh, number seven, there's open access to all devices. And number eight, that the betrayer keeps uh, his or her word, even in, in the simplest things, the most mundane things, uh, just in everyday life things. So uh, if, the, if a partner is hitting all of those eight cylinders, it might mean that you can trust your partner after infidelity. Uh, you know, this is something that a person has to tune in also to their own heart, their own intuition. But I think that those eight micro trust hurdles, if the person is able to jump over them or go through them or face them or whatever you want to say it, then uh, it might mean it's, it's, it's okay to take a chance. So that's what I had to say about how you know when you could trust your spouse after infidelity. And um, again, this is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.